Hello, lovely members. I'd like for you to picture something. You're in a dimly lit room. There's a hushed gathering of mourners. The air is heavy with the scent of tears and smoldering incense, its tendrils of gray smoke curling like a restless spirit. At the center of the room is a solitary figure. He's cloaked in tattered garments and kneeling beside a crude wooden table. On it is a woman, recently deceased. She's holding a plate of crusty bread upon her chest. The cloaked and kneeling man reaches for the bread and eats it. He then reaches for a glass of wine beside him and drinks it. In this solemn communion, the man has just absorbed the sins of the departed, taking on her earthly transgressions as his own. The woman's soul was set free, but the man remained as he always had, called upon only when the world craved absolution and then promptly shunned for being a sin eater. According to Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, sin eaters were poor people hired at funerals in olden days to eat beside the corpse, taking on the sins of the deceased so that the soul might be delivered from purgatory. It was commonly practiced in the British Isles in the 17th, 18th, and 19th century. It might be difficult for us to believe there was ever a time where the town pariah could absolve you of all your wrongdoings. Perhaps even more difficult to believe, knowing that 54% of Americans between the ages of 13 and 38 years old dream of becoming a social media influencer. But dig a bit deeper and take a closer look. You'll find many a modern-day unsung hero, be it sanitation workers, caregivers, or call center operators. You see, both groups perform gritty, and honestly underappreciated tasks for the greater good. Just like sin eaters of yore, today's essential worker valiantly navigates irate customers, grueling hours, and chronic stress for very little in return. It's a painful parallel, the realization that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Join us as we unravel the tales of sin eaters and discover the rituals, beliefs, and profound impact they had on the communities they served. I'm Kate Naglieri. Welcome to the Bygone Society Show, Episode 10, The Bearer of Burdens. Although the practice of sin-eating is known to have occurred in the British Isles between approximately 1680 and 1900, the available evidence is fragmented, contradictory, and subject to disputes. The earliest mention of sin-eating was described in Henry Brand's Antiquities, a collection of British, particularly Welsh, folklore, customs, and traditions first published in 1777. 
According to Brand, the Sin Eater, quote, sat down facing the door. They then gave him a groat, which he put in his pocket, a crust of bread, which he ate, and a full bowl of ale, which he drank off at a draft. After this, getting up from his stool, he pronounced, with a composed gesture, the ease and rest of the soul departed, for which he would pawn his own soul, unquote. As Brand's description states, the sin eater, in return for their services, would receive a meal or a fee, usually the equivalent to just a few U.S. dollars today. The sin eater's role was not without controversy. Considered the duty of a social outcast, becoming a sin eater was not a voluntary career choice or sought-after profession. These people were shunned by their community when not performing this ritual, and their presence was seen as a necessary evil rather than a respected profession. In fact, many superstitious villagers would burn the wooden platters sin eaters used to eat, and to look one in the eye meant you'd receive bad luck. Sin eaters were typically people from the lower strata of society who undertook this role out of necessity, cultural tradition, or superstition. From most historical accounts, people stranded in poverty and desperation, those who were highly religious and superstitious, and others who perhaps felt compelled to uphold cultural traditions became the local sin eater. However, there's always an exception to the rule. The world's last known sin eater was, in fact, your average farm worker. Richard Munslow lived and died in Rattling Hope, England in 1906. And in addition to being the last known sin eater, he's also one of only few whose names were ever recorded. So, how did a farmer with 70 to 75 acres of land come to be a sin eater? The answer might lie in his final resting place at St. Margaret's Church. It's true, Munslow was a successful farmer and a father of four children, all of whom passed away at a young age, and three of which died within a span of one week in May 1870. Historians believe Munslow's grief drove him to resurrect the macabre practice of sin-eating so that his children could safely pass on to the next life. It's rare for a story like Richard Munslow's to ever find a happy ending, and in life, he didn't. But in 2010, more than a hundred years after Munslow's death, the tiny village of Rattling Hope raised 1,000 euros to hire a local stonemason and restore the grave of the last sin eater. Their small act of kindness may not absolve the sins committed against Munslow, let alone all other sin eaters in the past, but it does acknowledge his existence and place in history. Few legends of sin eaters persist today, so with the time we have left, I'd like to leave you with the legend and the lesson of Jonah Blackwood. In the desolate village of Ravenswood, nestled deep within the shadowed valleys of the Appalachian Mountains, 
a dark secret festered. It was a place where the sins of the townsfolk weighed heavy on their souls. It was here they had a sin eater, and his name was Jonah Blackwood. Every Sabbath Eve under the shroud of night, the villagers gathered in a dimly lit chapel. Candles flickered, casting eerie shadows upon the faces of the anxious congregation. Blackwood, a gaunt figure with hollow eyes, would stand at the altar draped in a tattered cloak. As the townspeople watched, he'd place a crust of bread and a glass of wine before him and pray, absorbing the darkness that plagued his neighbor's souls. On one particularly gloomy Sabbath Eve, a thunderstorm raged outside, and Blackwood was uneasy. The sins of Ravenswood had become more insidious than he had ever experienced before. One by one, the villagers stepped forward, confessing their sins. There were petty thefts, jealousies, and lies, but tonight there was something more sinister. Someone committed a murder in Ravenswood. Blackwood consumed the bread and drank the wine, taking their sins upon himself. His face contorted in agony with each bite and beads of sweat formed on his brow. But the weight of the murder was unbearable. When the last confession was made, the chapel fell into an eerie silence. Blackwood's body was frail and his eyes now held a haunting emptiness. The villagers watched, torn between relief and dread, as he staggered back from the altar, gasping for breath. For years now, Blackwood had dutifully consumed the villagers' sins, with little to nothing in return. But the burden had grown too great. With one final anguished cry, he collapsed to the chapel floor. As the storm outside raged on, the villagers realized the terrible cost of their sins. They had lost their sin eater, and the darkness that had plagued Ravenswood would now surely consume them all. It's a timeless tale, one that transcends epochs and eras, reminding us that as much as the world evolves, some things refuse to change. Over time, as religious and social beliefs evolved, the practice of sin-eating gradually faded away in the 20th century. We may feel that in today's society, we're far too sophisticated and humane to indulge in something so lowbrow and arcane, when in reality, it's a story where the past and the present lock hands and dance a curious, familiar waltz. There are still many people who contribute or could contribute to social functioning, but do not receive the respect, pay, or support they deserve. So, the next time you come across someone shunned by society or doing the dirty work you could never imagine, thank them, tip them, help them. When you consider it, it's a small fee for those who bear our burdens.
Thanks for listening to the Bygone Society show, where we chronicle the strange and unusual corners of history. If you've enjoyed listening so far and think I deserve it as your host, follow the society and leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts by scrolling down your show page, selecting a star rating and tapping write a review. If you're already a mega member and fan, consider sharing your favorite episode with friends and family who also enjoy taking a walk down history's eerie lane. None of this would be possible without your support, and I'm grateful to know my kind of weird matches your own. Have a story idea? Email the society at bygonesocietyshow at gmail.com. From your gracious and ghoulish host, thanks for listening. <laughs>